We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the first August edition of the RotoWare NFL Tuesday version of the podcast, sponsored by Yahoo DFS. Yes, Joe Bartle is back in studio. I'm not having to make my way through Skype, and and Jake is thankfully along with me as well in studio, so no more having to deal with that sound. Of course, I had a little bit of a stomach issue last week's podcast, but we made it through just fine. Yeah, sorry to anybody that got annoyed by me not properly fading the introduction out. <laughs> Boss tells me I got to do that, I guess, so uh, I guess uh, we got Joe back. He's a pro, so we're going to go ahead and take care of that for you anyway. I do want to thank everyone uh, for last week's podcast. That was the most listened to NFL podcast since we started up the daily version of of the program uh, in the middle of June. We were talking about a little bit of sleepers and guys that we were looking to acquire on, mm-hmm. acquire on our team based off of the current ADP. So appreciate you guys listening out there and, of course, uh, hoping that we can have the same kind of viewership numbers this go-around when we're talking about players we're going to be fading or at least busts at their current ADP. And I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you, Jake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it seems to go hand-in-hand hand. after we do our sleepers. Yes. we got to pick the busts. Now, we're going to call this busts for SEO purposes. No, I'm not going to lie. I'll be up front with you there. But really, there's going to be a lot of different 
different types. We're going to discuss the guys that could be busts, guys that uh, we think are overvalued in terms of their current ADP, or it could be a situation of guys that it's just players I won't draft on my teams personally. And uh, that's going to fit a lot of our guys too, because there's going to be some names we talk about on here that I obviously don't think are going to bust, but there's just no way I'll touch them at that ADP or that price point. So looking forward to getting into it with you, Joe. Yeah. And I, I want to give a shout out at least to the people last week's podcast who were able to reach out to you and get some free NFL magazines. It sounds like we actually have a similar deal out for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get run, run it down for the listeners again? Yeah, so right on, Joe. First of all, thanks to guys like at Danny K 731 at Juan Amato 1127 at Craig G, uh, at Colin All Shots, at Fantasy Football Tryhard, at Odyssey Lane TSU. All of these guys uh, at Kyle B 999 at Top Right. We sent a bunch of uh, magazines out to our listeners who, um, those are just a few of them. Sorry if I didn't mention you. Sent a bunch of magazines out to our listeners that went on iTunes, gave us a five-star review, and then screen grab said review, and you can get at Roto Jake on Twitter, or you can go ahead and DM me. I've got my DMs open for this kind of thing. Um, so uh, always happy to take those. And then I mail you out a magazine the day of and uh, get you, you know, if you if you five-star it today or, or if you're listening to this on Wednesday, five-star it today, send it to me. I'll probably have it over to you by this weekend. We can do this pretty quick at HQ. Uh, I've got five more magazines to give away. So, uh, again, doesn't hurt to try. Go ahead and give us that five-star review. Uh, we'll, we're definitely we're, – we're no shame here. We'll, we'll bribe you for those five-star reviews. It really helps our ratings. And, of course, uh, one thing about this, uh, not everyone's an Apple iPhone user. I get it. Um, but iTunes accounts are free to create, and then you can rate and review podcasts on there. So it costs you $0, and you get a free magazine shipped to your home. Uh, I don't know what's better than that. Yeah. Hey, you can reach out to Bro Jake for that offer, uh, or you can follow me on Twitter and I don't, I think I have my DMs open. I might have to check that after we're done with the podcast mm-hmm. at JB Fantasy Sports, and I can point you to the right direction. I had some friends and family that I also kind of nudged in Jake's direction for those magazines, and certainly it's one of the better ones out there, I think. And I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm being just a company man, although I am. Oh, go, yeah, exactly. Go right away, all the way. But yeah, I, I look forward to that magazine every year, and it's one of those things that I use at my drafts regardless, as well as some of the other ADP tools, which we'll be talking about today. Before we get into our rundown of guys who are fading or at least having off our teams entirely let's get to some of tuesday's news we're recording this around 11 30 central time so not a lot has come in the way of training camp just yet however donta foreman the running back or former running back of the texans was released over the weekend on monday and signed with the division rival colts that's an interesting move on a number of levels of course the colts put spencer Ware on the on the pup list earlier this weekend and it sounds like he's played his last snaps and he really hasn't played at all with the Colts he's not going to be going with the team they're going to release him or trade him but he sounds like he wants to play for somebody when he's off that pup list eventually this again opens the door for Dante Foreman to maybe behind Marlon Mack or Jordan Wilkins too who at times last year was a bit of a fantasy relevant asset because he was the only running back for Mm -hmm. the Colts and Naheem Hines also around as well so what do you feel about Foreman's value with the Colts do you think he earns a 53-man roster spot I think Mm -hmm. that's the first question we have to ask yeah when we get into bus later today you're going to find out that I'm all about just narrative on a lot of guys and the narrative here is certainly excellent you know he wasn't uh wasn't quite meeting living up to team standards that could mean a hundred different things so of course he gets released that's probably the first surprising release of the offseason enters a pretty crowded backfield but one that outside of Marlon Mack doesn't have a true standout and of course there could be injuries things so you know right now we put him at fourth on the depth chart between, behind Mack Hines and Wilkins if I draft today a 12 teamer 
I don't know if I take him any earlier than my very last pick. I'm not ready to put that uh, put that investment into him. Um, but there's a chance, especially with those di- division rivals, uh, hoping for that FU narrative kind of, and maybe he becomes <laughs> fantasy relevant at some point over the course of the season. So so it's interesting, but doesn't really shake things up for any of my draft strategies at the, at the moment. This more or less confirms Lamar Miller's value, and he was a guy that I was already trying to fade at the 7th or 8th round value because I thought Foreman might s- slip in as a guy that takes away carries from Miller, that's not the case. That's obviously not going to happen. And unless the Texans make a trade, which maybe it's possible, Melvin Gordon certainly is out there. There's a lot of different running backs that are. I was going to say, there's no there's no more obvious trade situation than Melvin Gordon to the Texans right now, is it? I mean, they need help at the position. Yeah. They're a contending team with a young quarterback on a rookie deal with the cap space to afford the kind of money Melvin Gordon wants. These contracts aren't super guaranteed. You know, give them 12 to 15 million a year meet that but you can let them go after a couple of years if you got, if it's time to pay watson you if know if the texans are going to make a trade i believe it should be for trent williams but you're right melvin gordon certainly is out there and probably the draft compensation would be less for melvin gordon than it would mm-hmm. be for the left tackle from the redskins i still contend that the buccaneers make more sense as a fringe contender in the nfc nfc south i'm not entirely convinced that the saints panthers and falcons are going to be as yeah. good as some people think and Bruce Arians, James, James Winston, maybe they're able to make a contention. But yeah, yeah, I agree with mm-hmm. you that Melvin Gordon could be a certainly possible landing spot. Until that happens, though, I think Lamar Miller in the seventh round, where his current ADP is, makes a lot of it sense because there's nobody else behind him. And you figure that offense is going to be good enough, even with a little bit worse than offensive line. So I, I, I'm I'm now begrudgingly getting on board with Lamar Miller in that seventh round. But uh, I, I wonder if the Texans do make an addition. Mm-hmm. Sticking with the Colts, though, uh, and Tuesday's news, Andrew Luck still not practicing with that calf injury. This is something that we're 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 a little bit nervous about Andrew Luck because we had the shoulder concerns two years ago and everything was supposed to be fine and then he ends up missing an entire year. Well, here's a calf injury that was supposed to be fine in June and now we're talking the beginning stages of August is still causing him problems. He might not have played in the preseason anyway just because they want to be safe with their star quarterback, but yet we're still getting news that this calf injury is lingering longer than we thought it would be. Yeah, I got asked about this when I did a radio interview Thursday when it was relatively new, and I was like, well, he doesn't throw with his calf, so I'm not worried yet. <laughs> but, but then, I, you know, I think about it more, and I'm kind of starting to roll back on that statement a little bit. I mean, uh, he's such a big part of fantasy quarterbacks is mobility, right? And if he's uh, dealing with lingering calf strain symptoms, it absolutely makes the most sense to sit him as long as you have to. I mean, I mean, anyone that's an NBA fan can think of Kevin Durant, you know, has a calf injury. They throw him out their way too early and he blows his Achilles out. Obviously, the Colts, I, I fancy, is, a, you know, possibly a Super Bowl contender, definitely a playoff team Certainly in my Vegas eyes. Yeah, some, yeah, in my eyes. And, and Luck, interestingly enough, um, in terms of NFFC ADP, he's been going as the second quarterback overall that's a little bit higher than the rotowire rankings have him personally you know uh uh we've got we got Deshaun watson above him and then and so so i guess he's three overall it's pretty close but uh people are actually paying a draft premium for andrew luck now and i'd be really worried if i did yeah i'm not going that direction either and maybe it's a bit of foreshadowing for our conversation that we're going to have at the quarterback position but i think andrew luck might be together both steering away from talking about other plays we're going to be steering away from. Quincy Nunwa was the lone, I guess you can call it big injury to occur today. He left Tuesday's practice with a possible groin injury. We don't know any to the extent of how serious it is. Uh, a lot of these injuries so far in training camp have been, oh, they're out for 
couple of days and they're back, except for maybe Damian Williams. And that's because I, I, I solely believe it's because I have so much investment in him currently in that Chiefs backfield. But uh, Quincy Nunwa, uh, that Jets passing attack, there's a lot of question marks overall on somebody I'm trying to fade as is, but a groin injury certainly, certainly doesn't help matters when it comes to his ADP. Yeah, this is one of those teams that looks pretty good on paper, has some good guys that uh, seem to be capable of producing. But I think when it all comes together in real life, it's just going to fall apart. It's going to be a bottom 10 offense in the league. Yeah, we'll get to that, yeah. though. Uh, yep, that's a little, a little bit more foreshadowing. You're right. But we're going to get to the quarterbacks in particular that we won't be drafting, or at least we think are going to be bust at their current ADPs. Before we do that, though, I want to get a word from our sponsors, Yahoo DFS. It's officially August, which means football season is around the corner. And Yahoo Fantasies introduced a new fantasy football game called Best Ball that lets you get on the action now. With Best Ball, you draft your fantasy football team. And that's it. You don't need to do a thing once you've drafted your team. Each week, the top scoring players at each position on your roster will automatically count towards your weekly score. Forget about the time commitment. No waiver wires, no trades, no adding or dropping players, no having to make those tough start or sit decisions. Focus on the best part of fantasy football, the draft. Tired of doing mock drafts for your fantasy team and having the other players drop out early and not finish? Well, free best ball leagues give you the most accurate ADP or average draft position of players before the season starts. Can't get enough fantasy football, but don't want to manage those teams all season? You can draft up to 50 best ball teams. Play for free or play for cash, but most importantly, get to drafting with Yahoo Fantasy Best Ball. Join a league today at yahoo.com slash best ball, coming soon to the Yahoo Fantasy app. All right, so we talked about the quarterback position as players that we're kind of looking at. And again, I want to preface this conversation and all positional conversations with the fact that it isn't so much that we don't like these players. It's kind of based off the current ADP and where other players are going around them. So when we say it's a bust... Yes, I'll take Andrew Luck over whatever, you know, Josh Allen, if they're a relative value, or Lamar Jackson, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's obvious. But given where other players are going at their position, whether it be quarterbacks overall or running backs at round five, things like that, these are players that we're at least not targeting or not going to have in our team. So mm-hmm. I'll start the conversation first with the guy who we talked about at the top of the podcast, Andrew Luck and his calf injury. I know you in particular are not a fan of the Colts offense right now, or at least a little bit wary of what Andrew Luck's uh, injury could mean to that team. Well, I like the Colts offense on paper right now, but if I'm taking a, if I'm doing a fantasy draft here on today, August 6th, the quarterback pool is so deep this year. There are 20 quarterbacks that I definitely have no qualms about starting. So guys like Andrew Luck, who's had the injury history, again, it's it's a, it's not his shoulder, it's his calf. Even guys like, uh, like, like, say, Cam Newton that's been banged up during camp, I feel no need to pay any kind of draft premium for those guys. I'm just going to let them slide to another owner, let another owner assume the risk, and I'm going to go ahead and kind of look at that fringe kind of area, you know, the, the James Winston, Ben Roethlisberger, Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Philip Rivers, even, you know, uh, like I'm going to find I'm perfectly acceptable with that tier. And it's not, again, that I think Andrew Luck or Cam Newton are going to be complete busts. They could be because of, of injury. And I, I guess we're going to have to wait and see how that goes. We'll see how camp goes. We'll see if they get any preseason action. Uh, but guys like Lux, who's already saying, yeah, I think I'll be good to go for week one. That shouldn't even be a question right now. <laughs> That that's not something that we need to be uh, concerned about. So as far as those guys like uh, Locke, guys like Newton, um, that have these early concerns. Now, my mind could be changed two, three weeks from now when you should be drafting, you know, when there's more information and you have less worry about losing a guy for the whole year. So my mind could very well be changed. But today on August 6th, I'm not touching any of those guys and I'm I'm sticking to that late tier quarterbacks. Yeah, it's worth pointing out Newton's ADP is currently about 
eight and a half in 12 team NFFC formats. You're talking about taking Newton over maybe a Jameis Winston over Kyler Murray, who I'm not a huge fan of either, or or, uh, Drew Brees, Dak Prescott. Uh, Jared Goff is also around the conversation too. So it's a little bit mitigated when the quarterbacks are all kind of people I have Mm -hmm. question marks. And this is how I've been building my team so far is that I either like the Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfields, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz's, or I wait till the very end and get Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, Philip Rivers, Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. That 8 through 12 range is a really big concern for me. And Andrew Luck, with this injury now, kind of mm-hmm. jumps into that concern as well. Kyler Murray, I did mention again, is kind of in that Cam Newton range. Another player that you're sort of fading at his current price tag. Why is that? Kyler Murray? Yeah. yeah. I just, again, there's more risk associated with this uh, than the new one. There's more bust potential. Now, this is one that freezing cold takes could totally come after me at the end of the year. I guess we'll have to see. But uh, Kyler Murray, I think he's going to get the snap volume. No doubt about that. He's gonna. There's going to be a ton of plays. Think of uh, it almost. I think of it when Nick Foles was under the Chip Kelly offense mm. a few years back. The volume's going to be there. And yeah, that, that was fan, that was plenty fantasy productive. But uh, I think people are overreacting just a little bit. He's ADPs all the way up to 11. And seeing this out of rookie quarterbacks is it's the exception. It's not the norm. So I think people are getting excited about the guy who you know. He, there's a big debate about his height and the physical limitations and and i'm I remember, raising my hand yeah, on that one uh, yeah exactly the hand size you, you know you can you can do all this <laughs> you can do all this combine junk i mean there were plenty of uh gms that would pass on him for just that reason i think he'll be a fine nfl quarterback he'll probably have a fine nfl career as long as this air raid offense isn't a complete uh failure that's one of the biggest buzzwords this offseason here but 11 overall your qb1 no, thanks. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, move on down the list. I mean, Dak Prescott, Mitch Trubisky, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston. We have all those guys. All those guys are generally below him in terms of ADP. But again, if I have to pay even the slightest bit of, of premium for Kyler Murray, I'm not going to touch him, which means I'm not really going to get any shares this year. In a best ball format, I'm fine because you're getting whatever peak ceiling it is for Kyler Murray. But when mm-hmm. we're talking about a standard league or fantasy draft, or if you're paying an auction price as if he's the ninth, 10th, 11th best quarterback, in your fantasy league, I don't feel great about that either. And I am one of those people, and I know I'm going to get shamed for it, regardless if Cole takes is listening or not, that I feel a little bit concerned about his height. Like, other than Drew Brees, there aren't that many small quarterbacks. Russell Wilson also has kind of bucked the trend recently. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that he can't, but that offensive line needs to be able to help him being a smaller guy at the quarterback position. He's athletic. He's going to be able to make plays out of the pocket. Totally get that. But even then, consider rookie quarterbacks and how they do in their first season. Other than Baker Mayfield, who kind of surprised a lot of people and took that starting job after week four, mm-hmm. do we really believe that there's many rookie quarterbacks that can be successful in their first season, or at least above the Jimmy Garoppolo's or Phil Rivers or even a guy like Mitchell mm-hmm. Trubisky, who, again, I don't like and we talked about a little bit last week and you do like, those guys all have higher potential and also a higher floor than whenever I think Kyler Murray. So I agree mm-hmm. with you yeah. on that. They might not have the ceiling, but they definitely have the much better floor. Yes. And at a quarterback position where um, I'm not quite ready to say it's like defense and you can stream it every week, but we're not too far off with the way that this passing league has been trending. So, uh, yeah, again, I have a real tough time paying a premium for any quarterbacks, especially as we get to these next couple names we want to discuss. Well, that but- was what I was going to bring up. Patrick Mahomes is the obvious discussion. I should say uh, Baker Mayfield did start that week three game, not week four, but mm-hmm. either way, it was a Thursday night. Patrick, uh, Patrick Mahomes going round two, round three, potentially. There are certain formats, the NFFC in particular, which awards six points per touchdown. And I've heard more and more questions about these higher scoring point leagues in particular, where Patrick Mahomes makes sense. But I think you made a great point off air, and I want you to continue it on air, where 
Mahomes, where he is currently in a standard format, doesn't make a lot of sense when you have other guys kind of going around the position at running back and receiver mm-hmm. that make more sense to acquire. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing people take Mahomes at the turn of the one-two. That's probably the high extreme end. His ADP over the last 30 days in the NFFC is 27, which is more in line. But if you're taking a, if you're using a third-round pick on a quarterback, you're sacrificing one of your elite producers that's a tier above everybody else in at a running back or receiver position and that is too high of a price to pay i'm not saying patrick mahomes is going to be a bust by any means whatsoever but will i own any shares of patrick mahomes this year no i will own zero shares because again the price is way too high now if i jump in and do a couple extra super flex or two quarterback leagues then i could see him going in the first round that is the let me let me just make this clear if your league has two quarterbacks or your flex position allows a quarterback then yes, then he's fine. Then I'll, then throw all this analysis out the window. You can use a first-round pick on Patrick Mahomes. I won't dog you for it. But the quarterback pool is so deep. And yes, do I think he's going to throw over 35 touchdowns, 36 touchdowns? I think that's where his over-under is at right now. Yeah, he's going to do that. But the well, the price you have to pay for him is just not something that I'm going to be willing to play. So now, while not a not a bust, he's just not someone I'm owning this year. I don't think he gets that 50 touchdowns, 5,000 passing yard plateau, which he hit last year. Like Historically, it's not possible to suggest Mahomes is going to do that if you think he gets 45 touchdowns and 45 pass 4500 passing yards or higher then I can understand a little bit more why you do that but again even in a in the standard format we're discussing right now I don't know if I want to NFFC I get it 12 team yeah fine take him with the six the two points per touchdown more I don't know if that offense is going to be as explosive we saw last year. Like, there's more tape on there. Like Andy mm-hmm. Reid is a pretty good offensive coach. I'll definitely stand by that statement. But I don't know if any NFL offense mm-hmm. can continue to be as productive as they have yeah. per we'll see season. How, we'll see how Kareem Hunt to Damian Williams goes too. Now, I'm not suggesting the Chiefs offense is going to be bad. But even if you really, really value stability in a high, high-scoring quarterback— why not wait two more rounds and grab a Deshaun Watson or an Aaron yes. Rodgers? The production is not that much different, folks. Everyone wants to jump on that hype train after the crazy year last year, but it's it just doesn't make any sense to me to pay any kind of a premium for a quarterback I on draft day. Talk about the one quarterback that I'm fading right now, and it feels like the at least the fantasy um, realm has not quite caught on to, it, or at least maybe I'm just completely different. But Drew Brees is at ADP right now at 99, so that we're talking about mid eighth round in 12 team NFFC formats. That's a difficult thing for me to talk about uh, with a quarterback that had a low that had his lowest passing yard total since 2005, and he tied for his second lowest touchdown total since 2007. Yeah, Brees has been around for a while, and I know that touchdown stat isn't entirely fair because he threw for 32 touchdowns last year and also in 2015, and he had 33 or 34 touchdowns a couple of those seasons. But still, like the yardage thing is different. I feel like there's this misconception that people are assuming the Saints offense with Breeze today is the same from like 2008 to 2014. And that's not the case. Like mm-hmm. they're relying on Kamara. They're going to be relying on uh, Latavius Murray quite a bit. This isn't the same passing attack anymore. I think but it, they play in a dome. Joe. No, I just don't, that, that, <laughs> I don't buy that at all. And I'm, I'm frustrated that we haven't quite caught on. Like it almost feels like the old guard isn't ready to relinquish what these new quarterbacks could do. And I, I think that's where Drew Breeze is a little bit too high. Like he just wasn't all mm-hmm. that effective. Even last year in the playoffs too, like yep. it wasn't the same Drew Brees. Yeah, exactly. So here's here's the thing on Drew Brees: his ADP ninety seven that puts him at QB eight in NFFC drafts over the last thirty days. Um, that's ridiculous. I, I need to make one thing clear, and that's if you're taking Drew Brees this year, he's going to be your QB two. And, and there's no doubt about that in my mind. Now, anyone that's subscribed to RotoWire uses our projections, uses our software knows really clear what how Chris Liss feels about Drew Brees, right? <laughs> it, it, it's painfully clear. He's going to be a negative 
auction value player. <laughs> um, we have him at 23 overall mm-hmm. among quarterbacks in the standard cheat sheets. Um, he maybe just be taking it a slight step too far, but if anything, like you need to find the happy medium here and not take Drew Brees as one of the first 10 quarterbacks off the board. There's, there's too much going on. It's a run first team. Um, you know, he's not mobile and so many NFL quarterbacks are mobile this year. Um, and, and it's not a run first team, so he's going to see less less attempts. His last five games of last season were not good, and the production year to year has been on the decline anyway. So when I asked List to defend this for me, what he told me is, uh, think of 2015 Peyton Manning. Remember dead arm Peyton Manning? Yeah. Kind of you know the, the shell of the ghost of Peyton Manning who played that one more year after the Super Bowl. And um, actually, I might not have that right. Anyway, um, it's the same type of decline that we're dealing with here. So. Uh, Again, no premium for Drew Brees for me, just like any other quarterback here. Uh, Will he be okay? Sure. Can you stream him a couple weeks? Fine. Don't draft him, though. Absurd. Like, I don't like Dak Prescott. I'll take him over Drew Brees, just given the rushing floor that he has. Jared Goff, I'm not entirely convinced we're going to get the Rams offense that we've seen the last two years. Even if we don't, I'll take Jared Goff over whatever Drew Brees is at this point. Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, they lost a lot of weapons. I'll still go with him over that, uh, over uh, like Drew Brees. And the same goes for Lamar Jackson, Garoppolo, Philip Rivers, and Trubisky. Like, I just think he's got to be at least 14 to 16 for me, QB, right now. That, mm-hmm. right, like you said, that's QB2. Whether, and it's weird to say, and I understand that a lot of people don't want to admit that, but he's QB2 right now. So mm-hmm. uh, let's move over to the tight end position. There's less of a fade argument, I think, for a lot of these spots. Really, the conversation begins on what you want to do with those top three tight ends Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, George Kittle. Both or all three of those guys are going in rounds one through four. Kelsey probably being the only candidate that would go in the first round. Ertz has kind of slipped down a little bit as a uh, late second round early third round selection and now we've seen Kittle kind of fall to the fourth round for the ADP of those three I like Kittle at his current price you disagree I'll let you have the floor first yeah I mean Kittle I like him as a player I think he's going to have a productive year he's going to finish as a top eight tight end but the price has gotten a little bit out of hand for me um having to pay in the what do I got here in the upper third or upper twenties, lower thirties at auctions seems like a little bit too much uh, for a one season person. I, I understand wanting to be ahead of the curve a little bit, but there are a few question marks here. I don't think he's going to get the same wild yards after catch numbers that he does last year. The yardage numbers are still going to be great. Um, but for me, if I'm not getting Kelsey, I'm probably going to punt tight end and stick that money into quarterbacks and wide receivers. It's not because I hate Kittle. It's just, uh, and, and I don't think he's going to be bust. I need to clarify one more time. I just don't think think that I'm going to own shares this year because it's going to mess up the flow of my draft if I yeah. if I use a, if I use a third round pick on on George Kittle when I really need to be bolstering those quarterback or I'm sorry the uh, quarterback exactly the opposite I want to do when I really <laughs> need to be bolstering the running back wide receiver positions making sure I have every week studs there um, as opposed to using the tight end and for me Kelsey's the only one that I'm going to pay that premium for so what's um, the difference why would you pay the premium for Kelsey but not Kittle. I mean, they had almost the same amount of yards last year. Kittle's actually getting a starting quarterback back this season. Sorry, Nick Mullins, you're not quite the caliber that I'm looking for <laughs> as my starting QB. I don't see the difference between the two yet. You have a two-round difference, uh, at least in their current mm-hmm. ADP. Yeah, the, the projections I'm trying to get a good look at right now here. Um, I, I just Kelsey's been doing it for longer. He has the system. He has the NFL MVP as opposed to a guy that's coming off a year of injury. Um, there, there's more stability and there's more safety about it. You know, Kittle, you're counting on being the same guy that he's he never really was. I guess he showed flashes the year before, but um, you know, there's there's not as much of a sample size. The book's not out quite as much, and we don't know. Uh, you know, on paper, the quarterback should be better. 
but uh, we'll see if he's used the same way. We Dare just don't I say, know. I think it actually benefits the fact that there isn't as much tape on Kittle. But of course, Kelsey's role in the Chiefs' offense is is firm. Like there, there isn't anything that's going to be different. He had Kittle had 88 receptions last year, 1377 yardage, and mm-hmm. five touchdowns. The receptions probably go down a little bit. Like the 49ers mm-hmm. were throwing out my grandma at receiver by the end of the season. There were so many different injuries that they had, so they had to rely on George Kittle. I understand that. His numbers last year are like a late first round, early second round pick. So even if he loses some of those receptions and by default then loses some of those yardage, we're still talking about a tight end that I feel comfortably taking at number four. Mm-hmm. That is a ceiling with Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback, and I assume he'll be back and healthy. Yeah. Our own injury expert, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Stotts from Rotoware, was kind of confirming that Garoppolo will be at least back to former on week three or week four on Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. If that ends up being the case, I feel comfortable that while he doesn't get that 1,300 receiving yards, he might get around 1,100 or 1,200 and get probably a few more touchdown receptions, which he didn't get utilized as much in the red zone as he was, I anticipate, this year. So that's why I'm fine taking mm-hmm. Kittle in rounds three and four, and I'm fine taking Kelsey where he is. So that, that fade is different. At least I'm fine comfortable going with that direction as a mm-hmm. premier tight end. Yeah, I, it's it's more about just overall draft strategy for me than than wanting to fade who a player who I think is a good player. And the thing is, is after the 1377 last year, we only project him for 12-11 this year with seven touchdowns. So uh, a couple more touchdowns, but uh, you know, 160 less yards. That still projects him as the tight end number three, and I'm not disputing that ranking there. Um, again, it, it's not because I don't like the player and what he's capable of. It, it's a, it's purely a draft strategy thing for me at this point. Uh, other fades at the tight end spot that I feel like everybody's on, but I we have to reinforce it, right? Because I 100% agree with you. Eric Ebron, uh, he's tight end eight currently right now. Is that actually true with his ADP? That's absurd mm-hmm. if that's the case. Uh, obviously, I'm looking at NFFC ADP over the last 30 days, and he is seven and eight are Jared Cook and Eric Ebron. Obviously, they're chasing the touchdown production from last season, and certainly the Eric Ebron truthers, however few there were left, got very loud by the end of the season. I was not among that group, and I was shaming anybody taking Eric Ebron. I looked foolish last year. I'm going to double down, though. I don't think he's going to be a top 10 tight end this season. He was way too touchdown dependent. And if Andrew Luck is injured by any capacity or, or something like that, like that hurts it even more. But Jack Doyle's return, I think, is the biggest mm-hmm. deal. Yeah, so this this take certainly isn't hot or fresh, but you can absolutely accept regression for a variety of reasons. If you get a healthy Jack Doyle, that cuts into his workload significantly. They've got 6'4", Devin Funches on the roster, who I'm not crazy about drafting, but that's a big body to look at in the in, in the end zone, in the red zone. And then, of course, you've got the, the, the Luck health at this point. Obviously, three weeks from now, we, that might not even be a concern uh but nonetheless there are just so many reasons why uh i'm just not really interested the funchest thing in particular is is underrated Mm -hmm. we have a lot of people here at rotoware talking about mario puig has been the one uh banging the drum as loud as he possibly can on the devin funches train and i'm among that group as well i thought that he was held back a little bit by cam newton's restraints as a quarterback his last couple seasons with the panthers he's going to be a red zone threat and i think he's going to take away red zone targets from eric ebron who already had a historically a high conversion rate when it comes to catching the passes in the red zone for touchdowns i just don't see any way that he's able to get the tight end eight value uh, another guy we just talked about him, jared cook tight end like tight end seven right now he's kind of waffling between eric ebron and cook he at least i'm kind of fading because of that saints offense overall mm-hmm. dating back to our drew Brees conversation earlier in the podcast this is not a passing offense anymore and while jared cook is a decent blocker that's not what he's known for and i can mm-hmm. see the saints kind of taking him out in situations where they want to run and they will be running again i 
Can't emphasize that enough. They are a running team now at this point. They are not the 2010 Saints. They are the 2019 Saints. And I think that Jared Cook isn't going to be utilized as much as we saw with the Raiders. While he did fantastic, there weren't that many receivers for the Raiders last season, so they had to throw to Cook. I don't think it's the same situation with the Saints this year. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we got the Michael Thomas contract sorted out here finally. Uh, So that... um so that alone means he's going to be back and he's going to be the number one option when, if, and when Breeze is ready to uh, throw it on the field. So that's one of those holdouts that, uh, that fortunately got settled pretty quickly. So in patching, passing situations, in obvious passing situations, Michael Thomas, their $100 million man, is right. the guy that Breeze he's is getting- going to look to now. Cook will get his share, but enough to be fantasy productive on a week-to-week basis with any kind of reliable floors, that's, I'm not going to buy it. As a top 10 tight end, I don't either. I've mm-hmm. seen a little bit of uh, takes, at least saying Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson could be uh, top 10 fantasy tight end potential this season, and I'm not at all interested in either of those guys. How do you feel about at least Noah Fant? Yeah, Fant's a guy that uh, is a complete fade for me I, I just don't see any situation where i would draft him uh you know there's there's a spot in your 16 team dynasty leagues for him but uh, for me i'm fine leaving him on the player pool and let somebody else think they're clever and taking him a lot of reasons for this first off he had the drops in the hall of fame game i'm not going to dismiss him for that uh right off the bat rough start players can obviously eat rebound there but just in general uh rookie tight ends don't work out. I, I wish I had a spreadsheet of stats to uh, to explain that, but can't be too hard to find here. Um, so rookie tight ends. And then, of course, you got Flacco. He hasn't had a worthwhile tight ends unless you count a couple of Dennis Pitta years. Even he was on that fringe replacement line. You know, Todd Heap was probably the last really fantasy relevant t- tight end that Joe Flacco had. So I just don't see uh, Flacco necessarily going to the rookie a ton early on. And, and yeah, Mark he, Andrews was okay last season, uh, and I think it was more so that we thought oh, man, they're going to be going to, uh, boy, the, the guy that was like 30 years old as a rookie that they drafted last year. I'm blanking on his name. Mm-hmm. They're going to be targeting somebody else. So the fact that a third-round pick and buried on the depth chart behind Nick Boyle as well was able to get 500 receiving yards is a bit of a surprise. You're right. I, I'm I'm not – like there's going to be people, and you're going to hear it often, no offense, ADP at least in 12-team NFFC is 180. That's the 15th-round pick. Oh, well, why not take a shot on a rookie who's super fast, a 15-round pick? He's tight end to – there are literally any any – any different players you can take as a gamble than a historically position-wise rookie tight end that's not going to do very well, led by a quarterback that can't throw and an offense that might not be good. Like, literally every situation you could possibly name to me tells me I don't want anything to do with a rookie tight end like Noah Fant yeah. in that situation. Yeah, you think you got the athleticism and stuff there, but in ADP over the last 30 days, Noah offense right next to someone like Greg Olson. And uh, I know there's an injury history there, but I feel like the even being an older 34-year-old guy, the ceiling on someone like Olson is way, way higher than an absolute unknown like Fant. Yeah, I don't want to go with Olsen or Austin Hooper or Delaney Walker. So really, frankly, the way I've been structuring my team, it's either getting that Kittle, Ertz, Kelsey at the top or waiting for the Jack Doyles that we kind of talked about last podcast as people we really like quite a bit or getting the Evan, or the Hunter Henry, mm-hmm. OJ Howard, Evan Ingrams. But yeah, we're going to get to the running backs, though, in just a little bit as guys that we want to at least fade that we're not interested in. But first, let's get a word from AutoNew. AutoNew Fantasy Football lets you build your fantasy football dynasty like a real GM. It's better fantasy football. Auction based 
deep rosters and college player prospects. I know Jake, you would particularly love this type of game mode. And I, I, it's one of my favorite fantasy formats every single year. You can stash the next rookie of the year while he's still tearing it up on Saturdays. Trade for superstars to make a championship push, develop a team over multiple years. You can play against the best fantasy football competition on the internet. And again, one of my favorite formats out there currently. Just visit autonew, O-T-T-O-N-E-U.com today. They also have baseball leagues, which you can kind of get into now and begin the dynasty prospects for that as well. So let's get to the running backs. I had talked about that just a little bit earlier. Uh, again, we're doing the fades or at least players that we're not going to be drafting on our team. That does not mean that we don't like these players. We're going to start that conversation out first with my very own Packers running back, Aaron Jones. I think you're going to probably disagree with this take, but when we're looking at the other running backs around him, and that's exactly why I'm basing this off of, I'm going to be fading him entirely with his current ADP, carry on Johnson, Josh Jacobs, Devonta Freeman, all getting taken after Aaron Jones. I'll take every one of those guys. And it really pains me to say that over Devonta Freeman entirely based off the fact that I'm not a positive Aaron Jones can be durable enough to live up to his current ADP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he didn't practice uh, this past week due to hamstring tightness. Boom, there and, you go. And, uh, <laughs> of course, you have that already. Um, but I, I completely disagree with the fact that, uh, w- compared to those other running backs that you mentioned, on Johnson, Josh Jacobs, and Devontae Freeman aren't going to win you leagues. Aaron Jones might. I disagree. I, I really think that he might. Um, because, okay, first, you know, we got a new head coach, new system in Green Bay. It was a run-first offense in Tennessee. I think the Packers are going to split their uh, – they're going to shift their run-pass distribution back towards balance. And unlike Mike McCarthy, maybe, I think that uh, LaFleur here is going to recognize the better back that he has. Now, does he start him slow and save him for a possible postseason run? Maybe. So maybe he's not getting you 30 points week one and two. But by the time the playoffs rolls around, he's the back that you definitely want to own in there. The margin between him and a Jamal or Dexter Williams is sizable. I think at this point next year, we could be talking about Aaron Jones in the uh, Kamara, Elliott, McCaffrey range of, of, of this year. He, Out of all those players you mentioned compared to Carrion Johnson, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Freeman... Um, so you think Aaron Jones would be a top five pick potentially next year? Mm-hmm. He would be. He's got a better chance. Five. He's got a better chance to do it than the other names that you mentioned. I'm not gonna. Interesting. I'm not gonna go ahead and say Aaron Jones breakout guaranteed. And I'm actually not gonna have a ton of Aaron Jones myself. I want to try to get my hands on one or two shares. The problem is, is that we live in Wisconsin, and uh, we yes. got to get we got to get expert <laughs> leagues outside of uh, outside of the city of Madison here, uh, or outside of the state of Wisconsin, because we're not gonna be able to touch him in our hometown leagues. I'm fine with people paying a super premium for. But um, as a third round pick, I'm I'm cool with it, and I think that he has league winning ceiling when those other guys do not. Yeah. Now it's super bold to say he's going to finish as a top five running back, um, but compared to those other three, I think he's got the better. He's he's a more realistic option to do so given the way that the Packers' offense is heading, um, given given the scheme that I expect to come in in play, and given the usage that should be much higher. I think the Tennessee offense with Matt LaFleur was built off the running backs out of necessity. Now, you can make that argument for the Packers, too, given Geronimo mm-hmm. Allison is maybe your wide receiver, too, or Marquez Veldes-Scantling, who I like a lot. Doesn't have a lot of tape, at least, to show that he's a consistent NFL receiver. So other than Devontae Adams, they really don't have a lot, so they might be forced to use the running back position. Henry is built significantly different body-wise than what Aaron Jones could possibly be. So while you might want to use Aaron Jones or think he'll be used in the same capacity as Derrick Henry, his body physically can't do that. I don't like Jamal Williams uh, all that much. I think Dexter Williams, frankly, should be the number two, and hopefully hamstring injury, which Jamal Williams is also dealing with, might allow for Dexter Williams to kind of jump him in the depth chart. And then you have an explosive, bigger body guy that actually fits the Derrick Henry Mm -hmm. mold a little bit better. But I disagree with your 
your point that carry on Josh Jacobs or Devonta Freeman can't win you the league. In fact, I would go as far as to say as carry on Johnson is going to be a back into the first round. I'm not going to go top five like you were saying with Aaron Jones, but by next year, he will be a back into the first round selection. Mm-hmm. And given his current ADP, which again is lower than Aaron Jones going back into the third round, maybe early fourth round is better value and will be more consistent on a week to week basis than whatever Aaron Jones is. I, like, I, I don't know what the odds are for him playing 16 games, but I'll probably take the under on that. Yeah, I'm going to steal this bit from the Aaron Jones outlook. Uh, there was a seven game stretch after his bye week. Uh, he never got more than 17 carries in any of those games. So we know the usage potentials. But he averaged 5.5 yards a carry, averaged 76 yards a game, and scored seven rushing touchdowns over that over that span. So you know that it's there and it's in him. And one last thing I'll say about on Johnson is the Lions are going to go four and twelve this year. So the, there's going to be very few situations. That's a fandom t- talk yes. right there. Yeah, there's going to be very few situations. No, it's just not just me. Go look at uh, go look at Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Know, go look I at know. Uh, you know anyone that's doing division p- picks this year. If, I, I'd be surprised. Find me one pub- publication where the Lions aren't picked to finish last in the division. I think Jones will have more advantageous game flow situations as well. So if you're on the edge between those two, that's enough to push it over the edge for me. The Lions probably are going to finish last in the NFC North, and I would be hard pressed to say they're going to win more than six games. But I think Carryon Johnson's still going to be a pretty important facet of that offense you're Mm -hmm. right with the Aaron Jones things I get it I'm just not going to be owning him another guy I'm not going to be owning really two guys and I think it's for the same exact reasons we can kind of discuss that more Delvin Cook and Leonard Fournette now Leonard Fournette's going two rounds later ish than Delvin Cook Cook is being kind of considered still among that back into the first round early second round running back spot two guys with injury histories uh certainly prominent factors in an offense when healthy Delvin Cook Cook looks like the more explosive guy I just don't know if I can trust either one of them. When we're talking about first, second, third round picks, I want to have safer floors. I'm not looking for the ceiling. The ceiling comes in that fourth, fifth, sixth round picks if I really want to go that route. The floor is what I'm safest and looking for. A Joe Mixon makes way more sense to me, and I'm not even a huge fan of the Bengals' offense overall. I think, like you with the Lions, I think the Bengals will be really bad. I would mm-hmm. rather have Joe Mixon, who's going to be getting a guaranteed, it feels like, 300-plus touches, as opposed to Delvin Cook or Fournette, who I just don't think are going to make it a full 16-game season. Yeah, I mean, the 300-plus touches with Andy Dalton as his quarterback and one of the worst, if not the worst, offensive lines in the league um i agree with you on Fournette. i just uh, the team context isn't there for me i don't think the jags uh, the defense is excellent and they have historically wanted to run that ball so much but i like the delvin cook team context a lot better than uh, Fournette. and i know that um i know that cooks technically missed more games than Fournette over the last couple of years um his are due to injury Fournette's are due to suspension so at least it's not physical with Fournette. but delvin cook uh you know ranked around 22 overall he's someone that i'd at least consider i'd probably pass on Fournette and not think too hard about it at that spot but i would at least consider delvin cook because of the ceiling we have in the much improved team context here so i there, there's more to like about delvin cook there is a risk and, and i'm acknowledging that risk and it's an injury risk but uh you know around the same todd Gurley price I don't know. You're looking at the tier to me is you got Melvin Gordon in a holdout, then Delvin Cook, then Damian Williams for the Chiefs. Who, yeah, sure, that that's Hamster certainly possible. Right now he's missed yeah. the last two weeks, so there's exactly. that injury concern. Yeah. And then and then you got Todd Gurley, and then and then you sneak down to Aaron Jones. At least that's how RotoWire has it priced out uh, in a half point PPR league, or, or actually, sorry, a full PPR league at this time. Uh, you know, I always keep my auction values up because auctions are superior. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you're looking at hold out an injury risk throughout that entire tier anyway yeah. so out of all of those guys um 
I'm Might fine as well with Cook. Just gamble yeah. with Cook. I'd gamble with Cook, but I'm that's, with you on Fournette. I'll give you that. That's fair. I can get that. So those are my early round guys: Aaron Jones, Delvin Cook, Leonard Fournette at the running back position. That I'm probably not going to own many shares of. I want to transition though to guys that you're kind of looking at in the early rounds, or at least looking to avoid. In particular, it feels like the two big names at the running back position all off season: Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. Give me the rundown on Le'Veon Bell and why you're a little bit skeptical on him. Yeah, this is the take that of this entire show that I, I will acknowledge has the biggest chance to come back and and bite me. Um, I, it's entirely possible that Le'Veon Bell, with the volume, volume is the only reason I'm believing in this, but this this isn't entirely narrative-based. I, I love to pull out a spreadsheet of advanced metrics and tell you why Le'Veon Bell can't be good this season, but this is so narrative-based for me. Um, you got the new team, the new coach. Again, this is a team that on paper looks like it should be awesome, but I think is going to be a bottom 10 offense. I mean, the guy, he's not 30 yet, so he's fine. He took an entire year off. He, um, he spent a, a lot of time in Miami. I don't know if you caught this. Did you see this story where um, he was with his two girlfriends, his two girlfriends, <laughs> and um, they stole all this jewelry from his house, cleaned them out for like 200 grand verse, worth of jewelry, uh, living in Miami. Um, I don't know. Miami's not a place where you go to think about football and think about your football career. To Ask be, Ricky to Williams. To be completely yeah. honest. Yeah. Okay. For, yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> But yeah, this is entirely narrative-based for me. He's coming out and saying you should take him first overall in your fantasy teams. Um, I There are five running backs that are clearly above him. And then when it gets to that point, if I'm drafting six overall in a draft, that's when I'll flip the switch and take a DeAndre Hopkins over a Le'Veon Bell because I, I, I don't trust it. Um, Where would you feel comfortable taking Le'Veon Bell? Again, we're, we're talking about fading players, at least not going to be on our team. At what point do you feel like, all right, fine, I'll take the risk on Le'Veon Bell. I'll take the gamble because there is there is a high mm-hmm. ceiling. We talk yeah, about there's Aaron a price Jones. I'll play for anybody. I mean, I, I get that. I mean, if Patrick Mahomes falls to me in the sixth round, I have sure, to consider yeah, it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Le'Veon Bell, end of the second, early in the third, and I'm never going to get him there. So, that far. Yeah, so that's the point where I'd be like, okay, I can get it. Um, so, again, this this. So you're saying the title you'd rather of the, have Joe Mixon, Melvin Gordon, again with the contract situation, Delvin Cook, Nick Chubb, uh, at least from the running backs, over a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who you're, you're talking again, back end of the mm-hmm. second round, early third round. Those are names that would be going in yeah. that range that you'd have Bell. On. Yeah, I don't know about Mixon, but Chubb or Connor, I, I would trust even even Delvin yeah, Cook. Yeah, Connor is a close to me. Pick at yeah, this point, exactly. So yeah, wondering. you're right. But yeah, at that point, I'm uh, instead of trying to get that running back, then I'm maybe starting to think about you know Devonte Adams, Julio Jones, Juju Smith Schuster, Travis Kelsey. I'm starting to go that direction because I feel like the tier drop off has been cut, and I'm not getting that first tier anyway. Well, here's the thing with that though: if you're not taking Le'Veon Bell in the first round, let's say you're in the situation you're kind of outlining uh, pick number six, you're going with DeAndre Hopkins, which many would too. I think that's mm-hmm. that's pretty standard. You already have one receiver. You would then come back around and take another receiver over going with a running back like Le'Veon Bell, who has a pretty high floor, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. I'll die on this hill this year. I'm, I'm entirely <laughs> fine doing that. I just I, I don't believe that he is ready to be the, the back that he was once again. And I don't believe he's in the setting to do so. You know, if he was with... Houston, or if he even was within Tampa Bay, maybe I'd feel a little bit better about it. I just don't feel that great about this Jets team as a whole. Um, we don't know what we're going to get out of the quarterback. It's a brand new uh, uh, offensive scheme and, and head coach, and, and there's there's too much. And I and I agree. Maybe I don't have the best reason, but it's so, so narrative based for me that for me, I just look at that name 
and I don't want anything to do with it. I'm not convinced the Jets' offense is going to be very good, and we kind of talked about the top of the podcast with Quincy Newman's injury. Like, a lot has to go right, and a lot has to be based off of Adam Gase actually proving to be a good head coach, which we have not seen in the NFL. I'm sorry, Dolphins fans. Like, I think that's pretty fair to say uh, that he is not a very good head coach, and I don't quite know why he was able to get signed uh, and then also get into a prominent general manager role. But, 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 with but the Joe, Jets. He, he revived Jay Cutler's career. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, and Jay Cutler was so fantastic in his <laughs> career with the Bears. I don't know. It, it's just not I, – I can understand where the skepticism is. I think Le'Veon Bell's floor is too hard for me not to pass up as a back end of the first round. Mm-hmm. But that's more on roster construction. Like I want to enter out of the three rounds at least run, one running back, if not two. Mm-hmm. And if I have a back end of the first round pick, that means I have to take a guy like Le'Veon Bell or Joe Mixon. So I'm fine doing that. I, I want to move past the Todd Gurley conversation because basically everyone's already fading him at this point. Mm-hmm. I am interested, though, on your opinion on David Montgomery, in particular with the Bears' backfield. There's a lot of people that are high in him. You did a lot of research with the rookies in particular heading into NFL draft season. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason why, other than, oh, we don't know what he's going to get share-wise? Or, like, what's your thoughts of the Bears' mm-hmm. offense? Because you do like Trubisky. You talked about on the last podcast as a quarterback that you'd want to target, but the running backs don't seem to be the case. I think the trio as a whole is going to be awesome, but unless somebody gets hurt or, or unless something changes this whole situation, I think the three-headed monster is a fantasy nightmare, especially when you're talking about a game that's played on a week-to-week basis. You know, if uh, there, there, are, there are best ball situations where Tariq Cohen would be a very viable pick, especially if it's a PPR league. But, you know, you've got Tariq Cohen, and I honestly think that Mike Davis is going to cut into what people think Montgomery's workload is going to be. It's going to be just like uh, when... Chris Carson got banged up in Seattle and everyone thought Rashad Penny was going to come in and all of a sudden Mike Davis is getting a significant amount of carries. I think he's good enough to stick around. The Bears wouldn't have signed him and given him that contract if they did not think so. They're going to ease Montgomery along. I honestly think Montgomery will be unstartable during the first three, four weeks of the season and maybe there's a point where he starts to kind of come into his own and go. But the price that's being paid for him, it's starting to calm down a little bit. I'll give it that. Fantasy owners are finally starting to get where they need to be. But the price that's being paid for him right now uh, RB23. I'd rather have a James White. I'd, you know, let's see. I mean, certainly the PPR format yeah, White makes more sense. Exactly. Of. I mean, he's right around. Uh, we finally got him below Josh Jacobs, which I think is right in the rookie rankings. And I don't know, this this tier, this tier isn't super attractive, but, um, you know, thinking Montgomery, a guy I, I, who I don't think is going to be startable the first couple of weeks, why not? Terrell Henderson, who's not going to be exactly who might not be startable the first couple weeks as well. That's a league winning pick right there over a guy like David Mm -hmm. Montgomery. I I 100% agree with you. And and to your point, one of our, uh, I was going to say, one of our better NFL experts, everybody at RotoWare is a fantastic NFL expert, maybe besides myself. Uh, Mario Puig has been super duper high on Mike Davis, a guy that could cut into David Montgomery's role. Mm -hmm. And I don't disagree with him on that. He's kind of going in the like 13th, 14th, 15th round. His ADP Mm -hmm. might have risen a little bit since early June. But that's another guy that I think is a concern to his workload. You hear that news, you hear that take, and it's all about how you interpret and what you do with that information. I don't interpret that information as... Well, I might if it's uh, my fifth or sixth, but I don't interpret that information as I need to run out and get Mike Davis shares. I interpret that as I got to cut back or not get any Montgomery shares. Yeah, and that's how I feel about Mike Davis, too. Along with Jordan Thompson, the tight end for the Texans, uh, there's a few guys that Mario's been really high in that I've kind of been swayed on. Mike Davis is kind of part of that equation, too. So I'm entirely comfortable getting Mike Davis in round 13, 14, 15 as my running back five or six, which is what he's currently going for, as opposed to taking David Montgomery, who we are not assured of his starting role. 
role as my running back too. I just don't feel great about that. Well, we're going to finish our bust or at least fading players conversation at the wider receiver position right after our word from fantasydraft.com. Fantasydraft.com would like to bring you an important message about rake. Are you tired of paying high fees to play daily fantasy? Did you know that over time, these fees called rake can cost daily fantasy players over 30% of their bankroll as daily fantasy sites continue to raise rake prize pools are being squeezed more and more, making it harder and harder for players like you to win. More rake just means more money lining the pockets of the big DFS sites and less money for players. But change, it's arrived. Fantasy Draft has changed the game by bringing you rake-free daily fantasy. That's right. You're now able to play your favorite contest without paying any rake. On Fantasy Draft, 100% of entry fees will be paid out to contest winners 100% of the time. Playing your favorite contest rake-free on Fantasy Draft will save you hundreds, even thousands of dollars in rake every month. Rake-free daily fantasy is truly a game changer. Just imagine what playing on Fantasy Draft is going to do for your bankroll. Register at FantasyDraft.com today today to take part in the rake-free revolution. Use promo code RWNFL to receive a free seven-day trial. I wish we had some more hot takes with the wide receiver position overall. Like we, You were scalding a few ones over at the running back spot, and I think a few of the quarterbacks, too, could probably draw the eyebrows raising of a little bit of fantasy experts out there. But the wide receiver position, it feels like we are kind of on board with a few of the fades that are out there currently. Mm-hmm. One that I think a lot of people are still going to, they're going to kind of discover sooner rather than later, but it's not currently being seen. T.Y. Hilton, and maybe it's based mm-hmm. off a luck injury. Maybe it's just what his role as a speed receiver can do on that offense. But I think there should be some concern about T.J. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, of T.Y. Hilton, I should say, not T.J. Hilton, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. And I'll let you kind of break that down. Yeah, this is one that I could do a 180 on in three weeks. But right now, where there's a little question mark about Andrew Luck, you know, I'm not going to pay the second round early third round price that that he's going out there uh he's a quarterback among that entire top tier that is almost more close i would argue that he's more closely tied to who's playing quarterback for him than anybody else in that tier because of the the deep ball dependency sure. for him um so for that reason i'm going to stay off him uh in any drafts that i do this week i could come back around on him at another point but uh I'm going to probably hold back right now because I think I don't think the price has reflected the uh, proper level of risk here. It reminds me a little bit of Antonio Brown when Ben Roethlisberger is out in those situations, and they happened every once in a while each and every season. Um, That's a perfect cer- analogy. Certainly not a deep ball threat. Like Antonio Brown isn't necessarily known for that, whereas Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton, that's kind of one of their main connections. But when Roethlisberger's out, Brown was more like a wide receiver 25 as opposed to a wide receiver 5 on any given week. And I think that situation could happen with Hilton. But even then... In a standard league format, I'm more comfortable taking Hilton. He's not going to be like the target hog that you would expect him to be with Devin Funches around, with Jack Doyle back, with a myriad of different running backs that I like quite a bit that could get receptions of the backfield. Like this is in a PPR format, I don't think Hilton is as guaranteed over a guy like Keenan Allen, who are similar priced. Yeah, I got to look at these. I'll throw some stats here. In 2018, he had 95.8 air yards per game, is what we're showing here. Which um, that shows you that so many of his his yard uh, yards are be are being get through the air has the elite numbers in terms of percent team air yards air yards per snap. We've had all these cool new stats for you to consider here on RotoWire.com. They're right here on our player pages. Um, yeah, so it's just someone who's that dependent on getting a few. I mean, deep balls. T.Y. Hilton. Don't get me wrong. He's the guy that is going to win you weeks, and there's no doubt about that. But it's going to be a frustrating role from week to week because there will be times that he gets shut down, especially if Luck has to miss any games. So that's why he. I put him on this uh, situation. I don't think Jacoby Brissett's going to sling it out to him. No, if that situation happens over the course of any year, um, I understand. When you look at his final stat line over the course of the week, 
over the course of a year, it's going to stack up just fine with everyone in that in that tier. So that but eighty percent of that stat line is going to come in five games. Right. So you do need to keep. So between the inconsistency and the quarterback question, he's someone that I probably won't take at his price. Best right now. ball, I'm fine with in a standard oh, yeah. league. I'm fine with T.Y. Hilton. But again, this kind of goes back to the PPR format where mm-hmm. and you and in an auction in particular, if you're paying up for receivers, Hilton might be a guy that I'm steer, steering away from. Mm-hmm. Another speed receiver that I'm not sure I'm entirely going to steer away from, but I understand if others would really is going to be Brandon Cooks. And frankly, you could extend that to the entire Rams receiving core. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of Robert Woods. He kind of burned me last year. I also wasn't a huge fan. But Cooper Cup, who a lot of people are high on, coming back from ACL surgery and hasn't looked especially quick. I think I saw, like, 45-year-old Thomas Davis. He's not actually 45. He's 34. But the linebacker now for the Chargers mm-hmm. was actually covering Cooper Cup step for step in the joint practice between the Panther, or, sorry, between the Rams and Chargers earlier this oh, week. Boy. That's not good when 34-year-old Thomas Davis is going step for step with Cooper Cup. All of the Rams receivers in particular are probably guys that I want to fade, even though I'm fine projecting that Rams offense to be as good as we've seen the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a situation almost like we talked about with the Bears running backs, where there are there are three viable options that are going to get roughly possibly equivalent targets and looks every single week. And I don't think there's going to be a ton of offensive regression. I don't think we're going to see Jared Goff regression. If anything, it's going to head in the other way. But again, you're splitting, you're going to you're paying, you know, twenty twenty five dollars at auction or, or or his draft price for a player that's going to split with two equally talented players on a week to week basis. So um, I think the ADP is starting to catch up with these guys a little bit, but these aren't guys that I'm going out of my way to target. It would have to be where I'm sitting at that point in a draft or an auction. Whoa, this guy fell this far. Sure, I'll snag him then, but um, I'm not going to have a ton of shares at the price. I've had that with Cooks before. He's I've gotten him in rounds four or five, and it's like, well, man, as my wide receiver two or sometimes even wide receiver three, I might as well just roll the dice on him as getting a 1,000 receiving yards and 10 mm-hmm. touchdowns and just getting the weeks in which he does that. Yeah. But Josh Reynolds is their wide receiver four right now. Really actually was pretty impressive last season when Cooper Cup was out. To me, it reminds me of the situation when the Bengals had Muhammad Sanu uh, and uh, Marvin Jones, as well as A.J. Green, and both Sanu and Jones went and signed big deals in the offseason with respective teams and ended up proving to be close to wide receiver ones. Reynolds isn't set yet to leave for a different team, yeah. but were he to leave, I actually think he would be a pretty good receiver too, and they exactly. have to start feeding him a little bit. I'll end on this note here. Cooks, in terms of ADP over the last 30 days, Cooks is 16, Woods is 18, and Cup is 25. Is it possible to have three wide receivers finish in the top 25 in fantasy at their position in a given year? One of those guys is going to fall out. My guess would be that they have it ranked right, right, and it's probably Cooper Cup because of the injury history and what you were just saying about you know the general speed and lateral quickness at camp so far. But to have three guys finish in the top 20, top 25 at their position, it just seems unlikely to me. I, I think it's even possible that two could finish outside of the top 25. And maybe and maybe you have a guy like Robert Woods sneaking as number 19. But like Cooks is the one that I'll have over the other two. And even then, I'm not sure I'm entirely acquiring him, at least at the shares he's going at currently. So mm-hmm. that does it for us on the Tuesday NFL edition of the Rotowire NFL podcast sponsored by Yahoo DFS. Uh, this was the bust version. We had the sleepers or guys that were targeting at least last Tuesday, which you can check out as well. Jake, I'll let you throw back to the Rotowire magazine giveaway one more time before we head out. Hey, just a reminder, we got five more magazines to give away uh, if you like your paper thing or you just like some good old-fashioned toilet reading. Uh, we <laughs> we got you covered here. Uh, snap a, Go to iTunes, 
find the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Write us a nice five-star review. Say your favorite thing um, or, or tell one of us why we suck and why our takes are horrible. But as long as you click five stars, we're cool. Anyway, uh, yeah, go ahead. Give us a review. We really appreciate those. A uh, few things help us more than that. Android users can do it too. Obviously, it's free to sign up for an iTunes account. But screen grab it. Find me at RotoJake. Shoot me a DM, at me, whatever, and I will get you a magazine in the mail and get you a magazine by this weekend. So uh, benefit of listening to the free pod, hopefully get you some hardware too. So uh, really very much appreciate that. And of course, thanks for tuning in as always. Yeah, and you can also contact JB Fantasy Sports. I'd probably direct you to Roto Jake just for that uh, easy access on that, but I can also help you as well. So until next time, best of luck to your fantasy leagues. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.